Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. I say in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout glory. Let's celebrate our papa and let's celebrate our mama in the house. Celebrate with a clap. Celebrate with a shout. Somebody shout Woo! Lift your hands above your head. Let's receive our pastor, Dr. Abel Damina. Glory, glory, glory. Somebody shout hallelujah. Father, we rejoice that we know that we have all that pertains to life and godliness. And we are complete in you. And we rejoice that we lack nothing. We are sufficient in all things. Revelation knowledge is gifted everybody under the sound of my voice this, this day. And I decree that bodies and yokes are destroyed. Whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. Your people are built up, equipped, edified, and Jesus is glorified. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says a powerful amen. amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together. As we say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the world. I do the world naturally. Therefore, today... I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, and every believer says a powerful amen. Well, I want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of the social media community, brothers and sisters online. We're so glad to have all of you in the service again today. We also want to welcome the Aquaibom State community connected to the service on all of the various platforms, whichever of the radio station you're hearing the sound of my voice, call a friend, call a family, call a loved one, ask them to tune to this radio station right now. Life is flowing through the airwaves. Our social media community like you've always done let's get this word to the ends of the earth put the videos on all the various platforms you know share it and put them tag get people to hook up let's lighten the dark places of the earth I also want to welcome all of our campuses around the world for being a part of the service today, brothers and sisters in the campuses. We love you. We're so glad to have all of you in the service. Guys, get ready. We're going to have an exciting adventure in the word of his grace. Is there anybody excited about the word of God in the house tonight? Can we celebrate the word with a shout? Glory. Amen. Amen. Grab your pen, your notebook, your Bible. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self as we get into the word of his grace tonight. <clears throat> We're still examining the in Christ realities. We've been looking at the signature of the Pauline theology in Christ. And uh, we're just going to continue from where we stopped yesterday. Our key scripture is Second Peter chapter 3, verse number 15. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 15. As 15, not 16, verse 15, 2 Peter 3, 15. An account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. So we've established that brother Peter gave credence to the writings of brother Paul. And he says that brother Paul has an insight, a sophia, 
into the Old Testament, a Sophia, an insight into the message of the Old Testament. And yesterday we, we laid foundations and we built quite some. And we said Paul simply communicates, and that's the insight of Brother Paul. He simply communicates all those ceremonies in words or Christ's work or Christ's gospel. He communicates them in words. And we said Paul's water is Christ. The washing of water by his reasoning, his word. The washing of water by the word. And then we also took time to establish that Brother Paul brings all those ceremonies into the vocabulary of Christ's work. All the ceremonies of the Old Testament. And we took time to go through all of them in details. And um, I'm just going to continue. Now, yesterday we saw that Brother Paul began to deal with the, the, the concept of circumcision. And we said circumcision is a short word or a short form for all of the ceremonies and the rituals of the Old Testament. And in Acts chapter 15, verse 2 and 5, let's just look at that quickly. Acts chapter 15, verse 2 and 5. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. Now look at verse 5. But there arose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. So we said that keeping the law of Moses is what Brother Paul explains as circumcision. And then we began to look at the argument of Paul in Romans chapter 4, how he opens up the discourse. Romans chapter 4 verse 1, he said, Romans 4 1, what shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh had found? What was the big deal about Abraham? And then he began to deal with the details of what Abraham had found. And he said, Abraham was declared righteous in Genesis chapter 15, before the circumcision in chapter 17. And he says, so if he's justified in Genesis chapter 15, while he is not yet circumcised, what is the advantage of circumcision? So now he's telling you that Abraham's physical circumcision was just a ceremonial description of what happened in his heart. Now that's Brother Paul's argument. You know, the moment you mention Abraham, anytime you're talking to Jewish people and you mention Abraham, because Moses told the people, I only came to affirm the covenant made to Abraham. So Paul begins to explain the ceremonies of the law as figurative of the gospel Abraham believed. So Paul is saying that the actor of all the ceremonies and the rituals of the Old Testament and the communications of the Old Testament is Christ. That the worker who was involved in all of those ceremonies is Christ. That it is God who justified Abraham by giving him a promise. So the work of that promise is what now became the ceremonies of the Old Testament. So Paul intelligently puts it out. That what is the essence of all those ceremonies? Is it not justification? Then he says, this man Abraham, without the ceremonies and the rituals, was justified. 
Which means, therefore, that the ceremonies that Moses gave to the children of Israel in Exodus were a pointer to what had happened. A promise made to Abraham. That's exactly what the writer of the book of Hebrews was saying. He says that the substance of all those things that they were doing is Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And you know, there are a lot of ceremonial laws and they had about seven feasts that were given to them and all of that were pointers to the substance. The substance of all those rituals and ceremonies of the Old Testament is Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Now that is the pattern of the figures. The pattern of the figures were cleansed by blood. Hebrews chapter 9. Let's read it. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 23. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 9 verse 23. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with this. But the heavenly things themselves will better sacrifices than these. Next verse. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. That if the patterns of the figures are cleansed by blood, then the true thing must be cleansed. That was the promise. You know, the polymeros and the polytrophos. At sundry times, in diverse manners, the prophets spoke to the fathers, have in this last day spoken to us in his song. In his song, the prophets spoke to the fathers, polymeros, polytrophos, diverse manners, progressive revelation. So, which means that now all of those progressions have been fulfilled. Christ has come. And he has come not to the tabernacle of Moses, but to a more perfect tabernacle. So he says, those ceremonies were not yours. Those ceremonies belongs to Christ. What he will do or the work he will carry out in the heart of the believer. That's what Jesus was saying. That there's no need for a mountain. You shall neither in Jerusalem nor in this mountain worship. You were not the one coming. You don't have to come to the mountain. You don't have to come to Jerusalem. God is the one seeking. He's the one seeking worshippers. So God is the one coming, not you coming. So the works of the law is trying to be justified by what you do, which Christ should do. And when Christ has done it, Christ now begins to do it in us. For it is God that worketh in you, but to will and to do of his good pleasure. So that's why Paul says, is the fruit of the Spirit, or the effect of the Spirit, or the results of the Spirit. So Paul got it right. He was able to get his vocabulary right. His expressions, look at it, now it will come in very clear for you. Romans chapter 15 verse 8 and 9. Romans chapter 15 verse 8 and now. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God, for the aletia of the theos. 
to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. He's the minister of circumcision. He's the one to confirm the promises made to the fathers. Next verse. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written. For this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. Can I have a good amen? Now look at Paul again in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 19. 1 Corinthians 7 19. Circumcision is nothing. And uncircumcision is nothing. But the keeping of the commandments of God. Meaning the instruction of God. Remember Jesus said that which is born of flesh is flesh. Are you still following? John 3 6. That which is born of flesh is flesh. Jesus also said, the flesh profited nothing. Only the spirit quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing. Only the spirit quickeneth. John 6, 63. Then in Galatians chapter 2 verse 7, put up that one for me. Galatians chapter 2 verse number 7. <clears throat> But contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me, as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter, that is to preach to non-Jews. Now question, is it a different gospel given to Paul from the one given to Peter? No, it's just the people that differed. Not a different gospel. Because look at verse 8 and 9 of Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9. For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me towards the Gentiles. Next verse. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go unto the hidden and they unto the circumcision. Are you following? So it's not the gospel of the uncircumcision. It's the gospel to the uncircumcision. The gospel to the circumcision and the gospel to the uncircumcision. It's not their gospel. It is Christ's gospel. It's related to the people, not the message. So that's why Paul will say in Galatians chapter 5 verse 6, please pay attention. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which walketh by love. Or the faithfulness of Christ which walks by love. Because he said in verse 14 of Galatians chapter 5, Galatians 5.14, look at that context. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Whose faithfulness is that? The fulfillment of the law. 
Christ's faithfulness. Correct. So the fruit of the Spirit now becomes what he has done. The fruit of the Spirit becomes what he has done or what he has brought in us. The fruit of the Spirit is a result or the effect of the work of Christ in our hearts. So now, we walk in it. We don't pray for fruit of the Spirit. That is our reality in Christ. So now, we walk in it. The Bible says, those that believe have crucified the flesh with his loss and affection thereof. Then he now said, walk in the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. Can somebody say very loud with me, I walk in the Spirit. I live in the Spirit. Now look at Paul again, Galatians 5.11. I love this one, Galatians 5.11. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. When I start preaching the law of Moses, there will be no offense. No legalist, no legalism preacher has any problem. They are all accepted, celebrated among themselves. Religious people love them because what they are preaching agrees with religion. So that's why there's no offense. You can preach legalism till you die. You will never offend anybody. But the moment you begin to preach, the message of the cross is an offense. The message of the cross is an offense. Oh yes. If you are preaching mixture, you will not have problem. You will be accepted. You know, the religious body will accept you. All of them will celebrate you. But the moment you begin to preach the cross, the message of Christ's cross, then you become an offense. Because the offense of the cross is when you interpret the Old Testament in the light of Christ. The offense of the cross is when you interpret the New Testament, I mean, yeah, the Old Testament in the light of Christ. That's the offense. That's why they don't like us doing Bible interpretation. They don't like us interpreting scriptures. And legalists don't like contextual study. Because once the teaching of the word of God is not contextual, all forms of immorality can fly. Once you avoid the rule of context, then it means there is, there is lasciviousness. It means the preacher can use the Bible for anything. And that is why the legalists and the prosperity and materialistic gospel preachers don't like Bible interpretation. They hate applying the rules of contextual study. They hate it because it exposes their falsehood. It exposes their scam. Suddenly, it exposes all of their fraud. Because once you stay within context, two preachers cannot interpret one verse for two purposes. So that's why the preaching of the cross which is the interpretation of the Old Testament in the light of Christ is an offense to the legalists. That's why First John chapter 5 verse 20, Brother John will say, And we know, put it up for me, that the Son of Man is come and had given us an understanding. 
that we might know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Even in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. The son of man is come, or the son of God has come, and has given us an understanding. Meaning, our understanding of scripture, our understanding of Genesis to Malachi, is via the binoculars of Christ. Are you still here? So by Christ's death, by Christ's burial, by Christ's resurrection, the wordings of the Old Testament now becomes clear to us. By the death, the burial, and the resurrection, the wordings of the Old Testament now becomes clear to us. Because now we know who the actor is in all of scripture. We now know whose faithfulness it is. Look at Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit because you are now a product of the spirit. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. So because you are born of spirit, your natural domain of operation is in the spirit. Look at Galatians again, chapter 6, verse 15. Galatians 6, 15. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision. But a new creature. A new creation there is Genesis. Genesis before the circumcision. Genesis before the circumcision. That is the new creation. Is this what Jesus taught? Huh? Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born of water, that is the spirit. He cannot enter. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That is circumcision is of the flesh. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Meaning that circumcision is of the flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not, I say unto you, you must be born again. Put for me on the screen, John chapter 3 verse 8. The wind, pay attention, the wind bloweth. John chapter 3 verse 8, where it listed. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of God. Then Jesus, now in that same context, he again begins to talk about him being given up for sacrifice. Given up for sacrifice for sin. He says, just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. That lifting up is not, is not um, uh, to carry up. Lift up means to give up to die. How many of you remember I've told you that Bible language is not English? To lift up in English means to carry up. 
To lift up in scriptural context means to give up to die. So lift up Jesus means give Jesus up to die. That's doctrine. So as Moses lifted up the serpent, so shall the son of man be lifted up. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's Jesus is still discussing. Then in chapter 4, he got to the well. And he said to the woman, I am the gift of God. If only you knew the gift of God, I will have given unto you living water. Living water. This is exactly what Paul is saying. He takes the ceremonial to explain the spiritual. Neither circumcision availed anything nor uncircumcision, but the new creation. So he uses the ceremonial to explain the spiritual. This is just an explanation of the work of the spirit. See, it's not for you to do. This is the work of Christ. This is what Christ will do. You know, Jesus talked about the well of water. Then he talked about the living water. Then he talked about mountain. Then he concludes by saying through worship. Water, living water, well of water. You shall not watch it in Jerusalem or mountain. The hour cometh through worship. Are you seeing the way he expands the communication? You want to go to see God. Then he says, no, God will be revealed to you. You don't have to go to a mountain to look for God. You don't have to travel somewhere to see God. God will be revealed to you. That is true worship. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11. We're still with brother Paul. Ephesians 2 11. Wherefore remember that you've been in time past Gentiles in the flesh. Who are called uncircumcision. By that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands who are called look at colossians 2 11 colossians chapter 2 verse 11 in whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh how by the circumcision of Christ. Don't forget what I said earlier. Circumcision will be what? A short form of all the ceremonies and the works of the law. Then he is saying to you, you are made without hands in the putting off of the flesh. Look at it again. Colossians 2.11 In whom also you are circumcised for we are the circumcision. Huh? You are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. How? By the circumcision of Christ. Verse 12. Look at verse 12. Buried, verse 12, buried with him where? In baptism. Wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the oppression of God. Now is this believing or the faithfulness of Christ? 
Okay, so through the faithfulness of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. So, can you see that circumcision means to be buried with Christ? Eh? Buried with him. So he uses death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus to explain circumcision. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus to explain circumcision. The faithfulness of the operation of God. Now look at verse 13. Pay attention. Verse 13 of Colossians chapter 2. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh had he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses. Just exactly what Jesus said. Now, look at Colossians 4.11. Colossians 4 verse 11. And Jesus, which is called Justus, who are of the circumcision. Who are of the circumcision, meaning he's a Jew. So when he said, we are the circumcision, which worship God in the spirit. He is actually talking about salvation. He's talking about regeneration. Look at Philippians 3, 3 now. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. And what? Have, can we all read together the last sentence one to go? And have no confidence where? In the flesh. Okay, now. We have no confidence in the flesh. We only rejoice where? In Christ Jesus. So Paul begins to talk about his journey, which you will see in all of his epistles. Philippians chapter 3, verse 4 to 6. Pay attention. The journey of brother Paul. Philippians chapter 3, verse 4 to 6. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he had whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Next verse. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin and Hebrew of the Hebrews as touching the law a Pharisee. Next verse. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Are you following? Look at verse 7 now. But what things were gained to me? That is all the things I have listed. They were gained. Those I counted loss for who? For Christ. That's how Paul writes. He's an intellectual. He uses the word loss. Loss how? Paul begins to describe God's new creation. Just like Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship created. New creation. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God had before ordained, before ordained that we should walk in them. That is, God did not cut your foreskin, man did. But in salvation, 
God does it for you in your heart. So you are the workmanship of God. Where? In Christ Jesus. Now, that's Colossians new man. That's the new man in Colossians chapter 2 verse 11 and 12. Put it up. Colossians chapter 2 verse 11 and 12. In whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in putting up the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. 12. Buried with him where? In baptism. Which is what? Death, burial. Wherein also because you are buried with him you are risen with him through the faith of the oppression of God who had raised him from the dead. Are you following? So when you rose, you rose. And you rose as a new creation whose heart has been circumcised. Following? Then Second Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. What are the things that passed away? Hmm? The law. The law. The condemnation of the law. They have all passed away. That's what Paul communicated heavily in 2 Corinthians 3. 3, 6 to 18, you can read at home. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 to 18. All things have become new. Then in verse 18 of Second Corinthians 5, he says, all things are of God who had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The old things that are passed away again refers to the Old Testament laws. The Old Testament rituals. The Old Testament ceremonies, they are passed away. You know what Paul is saying? You cannot be a new creature by the rituals, the ceremonies, and the laws. So they are passed away because now you are a new creation without the rituals, the ceremonies, and the law, but by the circumcision of Christ in the heart. It's the same in saying that Abraham was justified before the ceremonies without the ceremonies. So now the same thing is saying you are a new creation without the ceremonies. You don't need them. They are passed away. Are you following? Now, how did it pass away? By God reconciling us in Christ. That is God put value on us. The letter of the law and the spirit of Christ. So Paul now says the veil upon their hearts is off. The veil is taken away. No more veil. What ought to be described? Christ they were using it to practice. They were defeating the purpose for the ceremonies. Because the ceremonies were to point them to Christ. But instead of seeing Christ, they saw the ceremonies and the ceremonies became an idol to them. So he says, now the veil is taken away. 
when it shall turn to the law when the heart that is in the ceremonies when the heart that is in the rituals when the heart that is in the law of Moses shall turn away from the rituals the ceremony and the law then the veil shall be taken away are you here? The veil will not be taken away as long as the heart does not abandon Moses. So if you hear people arguing with you on you know, all the things we are teaching, know that their heart, their heart is still in that, in that ceremony, in that circumcision. Their heart is still there. And they are enjoying it. So they will fight any attempt to win them out. You know winning. When you win a baby from a feeding bottle. They find it difficult. They will fight you and call you heretic. A short form of ignorance. Are you still here? So when the heart turns to Christ from Moses, the veil is taken away. Then we are able to see the glory of Christ. The veil is off. So we can see the glory of God. That is revelation. And Paul, you know, what Paul did was to throw Christ in the mix. To throw Christ in the mix. And then that changes the trajectory and changes the direction of what What's going on? Just like Jesus did in Luke 24. Jesus threw Christ in the mix and he changed everything. The law of Moses, the prophet, the things concerning himself. Now the moment he threw Christ in the mix, their theology was affected. Are you following? Their theology was affected. So, the direction of everything changes. And Paul did the same thing. All Paul does is to throw Christ in Exodus. Throw Christ in Leviticus. Throw Christ in Deuteronomy. Once Christ is thrown into those writings, the actor changes. And the recipient changes. That's what Paul has done. The things concerning Christ changes the focus of Bible study. The things concerning Christ changes the focus of Bible study. All Paul has done in his revelation is that salvation is the explanation. If he died, not you. If he was buried, not you. If he was risen from the dead, not you. Then he is the actor. And so Paul writes from the resurrection and he changes the entire picture. He says, some, when they read the Old Testament, the veil is still on their hearts. Second Corinthians 3.14 Second Corinthians 3.14 But their minds were blinded. You see that? Their minds were blinded. 
For until this day remaineth the same veil on taking away. Where? In the reading of the Old Testament. Now observe the next sentence. Which veil can only be done away where? So as long as they are allergic to Christ. As long as a preacher is allergic to Christ. As long as Christians are allergic to Christ. Like the man of God who said to me, Abel, you are preaching this Jesus too much. That's a man having an allergy. That's an allergy. He's allergic to Christ. So such a man, his journey is far. His journey is far. As long as you have an allergy, you don't want to hear Christ. As long as Christ and what Christ has done is not enough for you, you will be veiled. You must come to a place where you appreciate what Christ has done. Once there is appreciation, then it is becoming easy for you to set your gaze on Christ. Once that happens, the veil goes. Suddenly, communion is no more bread and rabina. Suddenly, you don't need a bottle of oil anymore. Suddenly, you don't need to be carrying rituals and mantles and stuff. Suddenly, Christ is not just enough. Christ is more than enough. Am I teaching here? Yeah. The veil is upon their hearts. But when it shall turn to the Lord. Look at it. Give me that verse. 2 Corinthians 3, 15, 16, 17, 18. Uh-uh. But even unto this day. Unto today. 2022. When Moses is read. You, you see why when they read the Old Testament, all they see is I kill it and make it alive. The veil. The veil. The veil is upon their heart. That's why they fight and insult in the defense of religion against Christ. Are you following? Next verse. Nevertheless, when it shall turn from Moses, from rituals, from ceremonies, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Next verse. Now, the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, oh glory to God. For we all, next verse, with open face, no more veil. All we see is Christ, no more veil. We all with open face, beholding as well in a glass. What are we beholding? The glory of the Lord. What happens? We are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. I didn't hear powerfully, amen. What is the glory of the Lord in that context? What Christ did. The finished work. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 tells you, He is the glory of that light. 
Which light? The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Glory to God. So, unveiled face means we open whose face it was. We open whose face it was. It wasn't mine. The rituals are not mine. The ceremonies are not mine. It was his face, not my face. He becomes the changer of the events. He is the actor and we are the recipients. And when we receive the actor, he now begins to act through us. So therefore, Paul can draw the work of Christ from the Old Testament laws. He can draw the ongoing work of Christ from there. Now, we don't do it to be justified. We do it because they are the justified works of Christ that are in us. So he took the fruit of the Spirit again from these same books. But now, not what we do to be justified. They are the results of the indwelling of the one who did it for us. Whose faithfulness we now live by. Paul's revelation, therefore, is to properly explain those things. He throws in Christ there. He says, all the things that I were gained to me, those I counted scubalon, laws. I count them dung. Now the word to count is very vital for us. It means an opinion. He saw it himself. An opinion. An opinion. I count. The word lost there is the word zimia. Zimia in the Greek is exactly what happened to Paul in Acts 27 21. Put it up. Acts 27 21. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have acted unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and Zimia loss. Loss. Then he says, There shall be no loss of life, but of the sheep. Zimia. But Paul says, whatever happened to me on that journey is what happened to me in my journey. Whatever happened to me in that journey is what happened to me in my journey. So Paul's journey, therefore, is that sheep. That sheep is his journey in ministry. Because remember, all the property... All that was vital, he said, I saw it as a zimia. He used that word so often. Later on, he said in Philippians 3, 8, pay attention. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 8. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung. That I may win Christ. I count them scubalon. Escrita. I count them as dung. My seeking to be justified. By doing those ceremonies. Paul is saying. My seeking to. Because Paul was a Pharisee. My seeking to be justified. Trying to live morally right. Now I step back. I draw Christ in the mix. 
I'm not about the one to do it. Christ is the one to do it. He is faithful. His faithfulness justifies us in love. Then he begins to live through me. You know, I, I now live by the faithfulness, you remember, of the Son of God. Galatians 2.20. Are you still here? Then Paul now says in verse 9 of Philippians chapter 3, pay attention. Philippians 3.9 And be found in him. Glory. Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness, which is of God by faith. Be found in him. That is, I have now discovered, Paul is saying, as I grow, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is the faithfulness of Christ, the righteousness of God by faith. Then he says, I found this. Look at the parable of Jesus. That guy comes into the temple and he says, you justify me. The publican and the Pharisee. The Pharisees have a correct guy. The publican say, you, be a ransom for me. Justify me. Have mercy on me. Then why was the temple created? If you have to come in there with no sacrifice. Because that guy came in with no sacrifice. Jesus said that guy goes to his house not justified. He goes home justified. And Paul says, I have found the same thing in my study of the Old Testament. This is what Abraham found. Abraham didn't do anything. God justified him. So Paul's journey in ministry is in Philippians 3.10. Pay attention. 3.10. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his sufferings. Being made conformable unto his death. Paul is not saying I am on a journey. He is only describing the journey of his knowledge of God. Please don't miss this. He is only describing his journey of the knowledge of God. What he's saying is I have to shed my weight of the knowledge of God. To now have the knowledge which is now my knowledge of God. That I may gnosko him. He uses there gnosko. No. Which is to realize. That I may realize. And the power of his resurrection. And the sufferings. I mean fellowship of his sufferings. He says look. This Paul talking. I had to abandon. I had to abandon all that Pharisee qualification to know him. My heart had to turn from Pharisee and the laws to Christ. Then the veil fell off so I can know him. Are you following? Please. So this is Paul's Speaking about his new birth experience. Now he's born again, but his theology has not changed. <laughs> there were those who believed, who still were zealous of the law. Uh -huh, Paul is in that class. 
His theology has not changed. Like many preachers, they are born again, but their theology has not changed. They are still preaching legalism on the pulpits, very loud and very strong. And they are insulting us to be heretics. So Paul is not saying, I'm now born again, but his theology hasn't changed. The knowledge of Christ Jesus. He has not yet understood how to see Christ in the Old Testament. He said, you know what I had to do, guys? I had to count this as a zimia. It became a scubalon. If I didn't do that, I wouldn't have gotten here. He was narrating. So I abandoned this to find myself by my study of Genesis to Malachi. Not having my own righteousness, but that which is of the faithfulness of Christ, that I may know him. It's not a continual journey. It's one end to the other. One end to the other. That's Paul's life for you. The resurrection is the one that gave us light. Look at Philippians 3.10 again. Philippians chapter 3 verse number 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings be made conformable unto his death. The word conformable is the word somophizo. Same word he uses in Romans 8.29. Conform to the image. Romans 8.29. To be conformed. Somophizo. Conform to the image of Christ. He still used that same word in Philippians 3.21. Somophizo. Now, so Philippians 3.11. Give me Philippians 3.11 now. If by any means, please pay attention, I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. The word attain he uses here is the word lumbano. Lumbano. Then he says, look at the next verse, verse 12. Oh, glory to God. Not as though... I had already attained. Either we are already perfect. Not as though I had already attained. He changes the term. Neither was I already perfect. That word perfect is the word accomplished. Telio in the Greek. Telio. Accomplished. That is where I was a Jew of Jews. And Hebrew of Hebrews, I had not attained. I have known so much. I had done so much. But I had not yet attained it. I had not yet received it. I had not yet taken hold of Jesus Christ. I was in ministry. Now look at that verse 12 again. Look at the B part. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, tell you, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. But I follow after, is the Greek word katalambano, to take fully, to take a hold of, or to use. To take a hold of. Or to use. 
Look at Philippians 3.13 now. Paul's journey. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. He said, I saw that I had not received the gospel fully. <laughs> I saw that I had not received the gospel fully. I saw that I had not accepted Christ in the old, old testament. That Paul, despite being an Hebrew of Hebrews, perfect in the understanding of the law, he said, I saw that I am not yet, I have not yet attained it. I saw that I was not yet perfect, accomplished, teleo. I have not yet been accomplished in my pursuit. So I had to call all of those things scubalon, escrita, zemia, loss, because I had not yet attained. I was doing everything that a Pharisee could do, but I didn't know Christ in the Old Testament. So I was not accomplished. I was not yet perfect. He is describing his experience from one end to the other. Then he says, brethren, brethren, what is that? Look at, look at that 13 again. Philippians 3.13. Brethren, I cannot myself to have apprehended. What does he mean by I cannot myself to have have apprehended. He's just talking about the Paul of Philippians chapter 3 verse 3 to 6 who was a Hebrew of Hebrew who was a Jew yet he had not attained. But this one thing I do is not present tense. It's what he did at that time. Past tense. Forgetting the things that are behind is a Greek word epilantomai. Epilantomai. For those of you making notes, E P I L A N Epilan E P I L A N T H A O M A I Epilantomai. It means to neglect. To neglect is the same word used in Hebrews six ten. Put it up. Hebrews chapter six verse ten. To neglect. Hebrews six ten. For God is not unrighteous to forget. The word forget there is to neglect. It's also in James 1 24. That word is also used in James chapter 1 verse 24. For he beholded himself and goeth his way and straightway forget it. Forget it what manner of man he was. Forget it. So when he says I forget the things that are behind, it's not that your memory is gone. But now you don't see any value in it. It has no more value. Forgetting those things that are behind. Again, what are those things that are behind? Number one, the confidence he had in the flesh. I haven't attained when I had that confidence. So I forget them. I put them behind. Then he said, stretching forth unto those things that are before. Reaching out. Look at verse 14, Philippians 3, 14. Reaching out, stretching forth. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God 
In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. I press. He uses the term that is used for a victor's crown. Babylon in the Greek. He used that also in 1 Corinthians 9.24. Similarly, now the prize of this calling is found in Christ. I press forward towards the prize of the mark. That prize of the mark of the high calling is found in Christ Jesus. So whose crown is it? Whose crown? Huh? Be confident. Whose crown? Who is the actor? Who is the worker? So whose crown? Christ's crown. That's where my confidence is. That's what Paul is saying. Then he said, when I got to know this, I saw that the prize is found in Christ. It is victor's crown. Because that is Christ's work. Just like verse 8 and 9, he talked about the excellency of his knowledge, his righteousness, his faithfulness. The Greek word he uses there is the word brabion. Just like we read in 1 Corinthians 9.24, where he says, let us therefore as many as be perfect. As many as be perfect. The word teleos, accomplished. You know, yesterday, today I think I stumbled on somebody who said he used to be, you know, eating all those communion things and at a point they became idol worship to him. He was no more looking for God because he already has communion. And then after a while he asked, he said, what am I doing with all of this? He dumped them and started seeking for God. They became skubalo. Bread and rabina skubalo. Olive oil, skubalo. Handkerchief as mantle, scuba law. Keeping the law of Moses to be perfect, scuba law. Huh? Feet washing, scuba law. Baptism in water, scuba law. Glory to God. <laughs> so, he now says, be thus minded. Look at verse 15. Philippians 3.15. Give me 14 and 15 for contextual understanding. 3.14 and 15. Philippians 3. I press towards the mark for the price of thy calling of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15. Observe, observe what he says in verse 15. Let us therefore as many as be perfect. When he was growing he said he has not already attained. But now he says, as let us, not let you. Meaning, the journey finished. When he found Christ, he arrived at perfection. He is now accomplished. So let us therefore, put it up, as many as be accomplished, be thus minded. And if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this to you. That is, if in anything you be otherwise minded, God will reveal the same things to you. So what was Paul talking about? An increasing journey? Huh? An ongoing journey? He was talking about his journey from salvation to maturity. So he said, I had to abandon what I had confidence in to develop confidence in Christ. Philippians 3.16, pay attention. 
Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained. Did you see that? Whereto we have now, I have not yet attained, but now I have already attained. Let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same things. Let us mind the word nevertheless there is the word plain in the Greek. It's from the word polos. It means much more. Nevertheless, much more. Or beyond this, where to? We have already attained. That is, we have passed that stage. That is, we have already attained. He uses the word final. Different from the other one. We have already attained or arrived. Then he says, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same things. It's a Greek word peripatio. Peripatio stochio. Peripatio stochio. Walk as you have us. Look at that verse 17 now. Look at Philippians 3, 17. Brethren, be followers together of me. And mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. Mark them who walk like we do for an example. So what has Paul done? Paul has said, if you want to grow, you will have to do what I did. If you want to grow, you will have to do what I did. If you want to grow, you will have to know what I know. You have to abandon this for this. Paul is not saying I'm not growing. Or he's not saying I'm now growing. That I may know him. That I may know him. No. That will be a lot of problems because this was one of his last letters. One of his last letters before death. He can't still be seeking to know Christ at the point of death. When he gave us epignosis. You can't say he gave us epignosis and at the point of death he's still looking for Christ. Then there's no epignosis. So the guy had arrived. That would be a lot of problems. So if he's still trying to know, maybe he's trying to know Islam or something else. So therefore, Paul's revelation is similar to the road of Imao's explanation. Oh, fool, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and end in his glory? Beginning at Moses and all the prophets. He expanded unto them in all the scriptures. The things concerning himself. Same thing. All he did was throw Christ in the mix. That's all Paul did. So Christ is the explanation of all things. Jesus is the game changer. Once you throw Christ into the equation, everything changes. All the, all the indices, they change. That's the signature of Paul's writing. In Luke chapter 24, verse 45. Luke 24, 45. Then opened he their understanding, dinogio, that they might sooner be the scriptures. Why? Because Christ is the explanation. So in Philippians 3.20 now, look at what Paul says. Philippians 3.20. For our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Look at Philippians 3.18. 3.18. Pay attention. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now I tell you even weeping, 
that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Wow. They are his weeping. Weeping there means wailing. That's the Greek word. Wailing. You know the way people cry when there's a loss and they are wailing with tears. That they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. That they don't interpret the Old Testament in the light of the cross. Now, of course, the cross becomes Christ's sacrifice for sins. From his incarnation to his death to his resurrection. He said, look, whose end is destruction? Whose God is their belly? Whose glory is in their shame? Who mind what? Earthly things. Because obviously the child of legalism is materialism. The child of legalism is materialism. In other words, the faith of Christ weighs in on the non-material. The faith of Christ weighs in on the non-material. He just explained it. The faith of Christ. Just like when Jesus came, he played down the things he mentioned of the Old Testament. You know, the Old Testament said Jesus said nothing about their physical possession. How many of you know? Jesus didn't talk about any of their physical possession. In fact, Jesus even, even gave us an example. He said, even Solomon, Solomon, that the queen of Sheba came and fainted at the gate of his house. Jesus said, flower is better than Solomon. The lilies are better than Solomon with all of his wealth. Look at how Jesus downplays material stuff. Look at how he reduces them to infinity, no value. Paul did say, I am therefore warning you. That's what Paul said. I am warning you. I warned you about the false circumcision. Now I am warning you of false teachings that come out of it. He said the false teachers mind earthly things. It's about what they wear, what they drive, where they live, how much money they are going to make. I was out in America with a friend of mine, a man of God. He used to be my friend. I mean, he, he ran away from me because obviously he couldn't stand what I was teaching. We were hanging out in America, uh, California precisely. You know that trip when I went, you were in Florida. So I got to California, they picked me, we were hanging out together. Then he said to me, you know, Dr. Damina, I'm so excited that you're here. I said, praise God, I'm glad I'm here too. And then he said to me, you know, um, whenever meetings are happening, whether in church or conferences, the only thing that bothers me are the numbers. I'm not interested in whether the people came or they are blessed or they are not blessed. I want the account department to quickly give me the numbers. That's all that matters to me. I said, huh. <laughs> my mind, my mind went like, boom. This friendship is ending. That, that, you're not understanding. That's why you're looking like that. Is all that bothers me in any meeting are the numbers? Give me the figures. That's all. For me, that's what makes the meeting a success. The numbers. I'm not bothered about anything else. Only the numbers. And of course, that friendship didn't last. Because light and darkness can't stay together. Paul said, I'm warning you. I'm warning you. I am warning you. They mind earthly things. 
Look at Philippians 3.20 as I begin a round up. Are you blessed tonight? Philippians 3.20. For our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ. He uses a word. Their conversation is the word polituma. Polituma in the Greek. P-O-L-I-T-U-M-A. Conversation. Polituma. A word used for government, administration, commonwealth, conversation. A word used for government, administration, commonwealth, system of living, sociology. That is our government, our administration, our commonwealth, our system of living, our sociology is in heaven. Look at that Philippians 3.21. Glory to God. Who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So he's saying what we administer are spiritual realities. What we administer are spiritual realities. In case you want to know what I'm saying this physical body is vile. Yet, what we weigh in on, he says, that's why I differ from the unsaved. Because the unsaved concentrate on the physical body, which is vile. But I am not concentrating on the physical, I am concentrating on the heavenly, which is the true definition of my identity. And then he says it will be brought to pass when Jesus will come and there's a revelation of Jesus and he will change this vile body to put on my spiritual realities. Which means this body will tell you that what we have in Christ is not material. This physical body tells you that what we have in Christ is not material. That's why this body will be changed. Because this body is of the earth. It's not of Christ. That our focus shouldn't be on material stuff. We are not defined by what we have. We are defined by Christ. Say with me very loud. My true identity is defined by my realities in Christ Jesus. Say with me very loud. I am what I am because of Christ. Say the message of Christ is the revelation of my true identity, my true value, my true world in this world. I didn't hear a good amen. I didn't hear a good amen. Stand on your feet. That's all I got for you tonight. Praise God. Are you blessed? Defined by what I have in Christ. I am not defined by cars and houses and money. I am defined by what I have in Christ. Are you blessed tonight? Lift your hands. Let's begin to thank God for what Christ has, has made out of us. The knowledge of Christ. Begin to thank God for your eyes that are open to the truth of the gospel. Begin to rejoice in what we have in Christ. Begin to rejoice in the work of Christ in our hearts. Go ahead, open your mouths and begin to worship and praise and give him thanks. La grotto socolo da babra na ketelene mano.
Jekola da babro gadamba reketina kalana mano godo gabola gedengelene mosotelere baba. O jakonta lana mambra gedengelene baba rokotoneka lena mamaya. We have no confidence in the flesh. We rejoice in Christ Jesus. Lekro dosokalana mambra gadabarakate nekelina mananga. Engebo jekelene bobro godobo zekelena. Lekra gadole bereketene nika lanama katone kelia jekola baraka tone kelia ege baroko tobegelene mosokolo na moroko tonia elemano bolobo zekelene mambre gedese kelene baba engelere bosha kala na masa lebro dozokolo na bobra gadamba rakatone kelia we walk worthy of the lord unto all pleasing legro dozokolo na bobre gedina kalona bosa kelene maya Lebro jakala na mambro gadala boro kotona kalia legra gadozo pena katana egele na gara na kotole nema na katone gegea ekibo shekelere baba lebro dosokola na mabara katone keli na maya egeba shokolo na babra gadaba sokolo na boro kotona gadaya praise you father in the name of Jesus you're going to pray one more prayer father the zeal for the advancement of your kingdom let it consume me the zeal the passion the fire to advance your kingdom to preach the gospel to raise disciples to be actively involved in the serving of my generation with your purpose let that zeal consume me open your mouth and pray just like the zeal of god's house consumed jesus just like jesus was consumed by passion to finish the work that he came to do to complete the assignment that he came to carry out father i ask that the zeal the passion for souls the zeal for evangelism the zeal for raising disciples the zeal for building your kingdom the zeal for advancing your course on the earth let that zeal consume me. We are co-laborers together with you. We labor together in the vineyard. We labor together in the field. I walk worthy of the Lord. I give myself and I yield to the Holy Ghost. I yield to the purpose of God. I yield to the assignment of God. I decree. You said through Jeremiah, I have set you over nations and I have set you over kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to overthrow and to build and to plant. Father, I declare that as the zeal of God consume us, we possess the nations. We walk into the continents. We walk into our communities with the glorious light of the gospel. We shine the gospel into the dark places of the earth. We declare that the hearts of men are open to embrace the gospel. Father, we rejoice that you have counted us worthy, putting us in the ministry to advance your purpose, to expand the territory of God's kingdom. We decree that veils are falling. Men are coming to the knowledge of the truth. As we preach the gospel, we preach the gospel, the message of the cross. We are not ashamed of the gospel it is the power of god unto salvation we proclaim the gospel with boldness we declare that a door of utterance is open unto us we make known the mystery of christ we spread the fragrance of jesus's love in the nations in the hearts of men in our community in our continents we shine the light we declare that the hold of darkness the god of this world and his tohungas all of the oppressions of the dark 
darkness of this world, they are broken in the light of the gospel. As we proclaim Christ, we declare that cities will turn to the knowledge of Christ. Nations will turn to the knowledge of Christ. Like Philip went to Samaria and preached Christ and the whole city received the gospel with joy. So shall it be as we go forth through the course of this year, we are strengthened, we are resilient, we are focused, our mind are set, our faces are set like a flint. We are not deterred, we are focused, we are not weary, we are steadfast, we are unmovable, we are strong, our hearts are sold out. Oh, we preach this gospel the hold of darkness collapses we thank you lord that the gates of hell have been defeated the holes of darkness have been defeated the price has been paid we go forth and in the name of jesus we declare that whole nations and whole communities are taken over by the message of christ Legro do sokalaraba. Enga mano sakaya. Enga mano sakaya. Enga mano sakaya. Hola baba baba. We pull down the holes of darkness. We pull down the holes of religion. The gospel prevails. So mightily grew the world. Like it was in Ephesus. The world is prevailing. Over the nations, the world is prevailing in the hearts of men. The word of the Lord has free course and is glorified in the hearts of men, is glorified in the nations, is glorified in our communities. In the name of Jesus, can I hear your amen like thunder? I'd like you to place your hands on your head and begin to declare, My body is healthy and strong and well. My body is healthy and strong and well. All my organs are healthy and strong and well. My bones are strong and refreshed. My heart, my systems, every part of my body is an instrument of the gospel. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead, go ahead. Every tissue, every tendon. Every ligament, every bone, every nerve in your body, all of your blood system, infections are flushed out, infirmities broken, the hold of the enemy broken. Pray for yourself. Speak to your body. Speak to your bones. Speak to your heart. Speak to your liver, your kidneys. Speak to your body. Declare, I am healthy, I am strong, I am well. I live long to serve the purpose of God to my generation. Oh, Zebere Ketona. Oh, Pray, pray, pray. Pray, pray, pray. 
Whatever is not planted by God in your body, root it out. Root it out. Root it out. Root it out. Your eyes, your hearing, your heart, your mind. Refresh all the cells in your body. Renewed. Mandolobo soki adabas. Your family, your job, your career, blessed. The work of your hands, blessed. Jekolo the boss. 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 You shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright and there is no unrighteousness in him. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Lift those hands and begin to give him praise. Give him praise, give him praise, give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Galoto Balea no Sakaladabas. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast in the Lord, who magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. For it is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. He healed my diseases. He renewed my youth like an eagle. He satisfied my mouth with good things. The works of my hands are blessed. My steps are ordered. My thoughts are ordered. My mind is flooded with ideas, concepts, insights. I see opportunities, I seize them. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says a powerful amen. I decree and declare over you right now, you function maximally in all of the will of God. You walk worthy of the Lord. You walk in the light of God's word. No occasion of stumbling around your life. You are strengthened with might. Your energy remains fired up. Your natural force shall not abate. Your sight will remain sharp. Your hearing remains sharp. Your brain remains sharp. Every organ of your body functions well. In the name of Jesus, I decree that whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. Is rooted out. Is rooted out. Infirmity is broken forever. In the name of Jesus. I speak to your body. Body obey the word of God. Body cooperate with the word of God. Body be quickened by the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Health flows in your body. Life flows in your body. The work of your hands are blessed. You have ideas. You see opportunities. You seize opportunity. You have strategy. You have direction. You have a clear plan. Negandos. And you walk in the light of God's word. 
No occasion of stumbling. No sorrow, no sadness. Through the course of this year, it will be from victory to victory. From victory to victory. From victory to victory. The banner of Christ remains lifted. Souls are saved from every quarters. Souls are saved in every nation. Souls are saved in every continent. Souls are saved in every community. Through you, many will be turned to righteousness. Through you, many will be brought to the light. Through you, men that sit in darkness will see great light. Through you, nations will be invaded. I decree that you are kept by the power of God. You are preserved by the power of God. You are sustained by the power of God. No shame, no disgrace. You are delivered from evil. You are delivered from the wicked man. You are delivered from wicked and unreasonable men. You are preserved by the hand of God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. It is done. Done, done, done. In Jesus' precious name. Can I see some rejoicing in this house? Is that how you rejoice? Glory! Amen. I tell you friends, this week is the last week and we're having a ball in the Holy Ghost. Tomorrow morning, quarter to six. I mean, tomorrow evening, quarter to six. We're here again. We continue building. And remember, all of the prayers continue tonight, usual times, 9 to 10, 10 to 11. Tomorrow morning, 5 to 6 is victory already. Praise God. Well, those of you online, we're going to give our offerings. The banking leaders are scrolling. Grab your offerings. Let's give us. We rejoice on our way home. Praise God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. All of you that sent mails, asking for banking details, we've replied, check your mails, you know, and um, so that you know we responded. We didn't just keep quiet. Praise God. And I'm talking about the giving to us, our project. And I want to thank you for responding. And I want to thank you for making yourself available to do what is right by your DNA. Giving is generous. It's our nature. That's how we function. It's, it's, it's the way we operate. Amen. Lift up your offerings. Father, we give with joy. Thank you for the blessing upon this house. I decree and I declare that as we give tonight, our offerings are a sweet smell before you. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Hey guys, online television, radio, wherever you're hearing the sound of my voice, good night and be blessed. We'll see you again tomorrow, quarter to six. Praise God. You can drop your offerings. We trust that you have been blessed by this message. To order the complete series of this message and all the messages by Dr. Abel Daminer, please call plus 234-806-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com.